It is Thursday, March 18th, 2021. This is the popular vote with Melissa and James. Melissa, how are you doing today? I am doing great. It's a different day of the week for us to record, so it feels weird, but I'm happy to be here. You know, um, it feels like the weekend. It reminds me of my favorite scent at Bath and Body Works, Endless Weekend. So with that, speaking of Endless Weekend, you know, where you have time to do projects, do things. I know you've discovered a new HGTV show that I'm ready to hear all about. Yeah. uh, Let me just say, I have a love-hate relationship with HGTV. They have some great programming. And then I think we can all agree that as a society, we have moved on from the Property Brothers. Like, like we don't need any more spinoffs of them. They're really not that fun. Also, the I forgot which one it is. Like he's always very like clean, even and though gay. He, <laughs> I was gonna say he's like the carpenter one and he's always mm. wearing a tool belt, but he's like never looks like he does any work. But anyway, <laughs> um, there's a new HGTV show that I'm obsessed with. It's called Home Again with the Fords. And the reason I love this show is because the design aesthetic is so elevated. You know, it's not like typical white kitchen HGTV. It's like very, yeah, it's very elevated. And it's not really a renovation show. Like there's no surprise every episode that like, oh, we had no idea this was a load bearing wall. Where is the budget going to come from Mm -hmm. to replace this surprise load bearing wall? Like it's drama free. It's just good design. Very, very enjoyable hosts. It's Leanne Ford and her brother. I already forgot his name. Just very enjoyable, drama-free design show. Highly recommend. No, and that's important because it's like we already have enough anxiety in our lives right now. Do we really need to worry about things that, let's be honest, are probably fabricated anyways? Exactly. Exactly. How many times can we be surprised that a wall is (laughs) load-bearing? I mean, you could almost just assume that every wall, you know, is, I will say this. I have not, I don't, I haven't gone too far into the HGTV universe, not an HGTV show, but like an HGTV adjacent show. Um, have you ever seen Trading Spaces? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I am obsessed with, I found this blog post. I'll have to put the, the link will be in our Instagram bio. So don't worry. I'll post it there. But there's an article about how, do you remember Hildy Santo Tomas? She was yes. like the really yes. crazy designer. And it was about how she was creating. Anyways, this article is ridiculous. This is a blog about how she's creating quote, literal safe spaces. And like, she was like this queer Shiro, <laughs> like it really overthinks what she was doing. Like homegirl was putting hay on a wall. Like it was not that deep. But anyways, so whenever I think of any sort of like makeover or HGTV show, I always think of trading spaces. And then, of course, I always think of Hildy Santo Tomas. So question for you. If they brought back trading spaces again. (laughs) Right, again. (laughs) And your next door neighbor, the one that often like keeps a lot of furniture in his front yard. (laughs) If he wanted to do the show with you, would you let him come into your house and redecorate a room? Uh, no, and, <laughs> and and it has nothing to do with the furniture in the front yard. I am concerned that because he rarely, like he's always coming and going. And so I don't think he'd finish the project. That would be mm. my concern. Like they would be like, okay, you have homework to do. He wouldn't do it. So that would be okay. my concern okay. is that I would get, like he would have this amazing room in his house and I would have, you know, half a room, you know, half of my room would be covered with hay. And I'd be like, well, where's the rest of the, the bushel? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, that would be a great HGTV show. Trading spaces, <laughs> but neighbors that have like no contact orders with each other. <laughs> also known as trading spaces in the 46205, my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> know your neighbor? Neither do we. <laughs> So, um, speaking of throwback shows that nobody really, well, nobody that I know watches anymore. I had heard, so I have not ever actually watched a full episode of the bachelor. I want to be very clear about that. However, I know that it still has that like cult following and I had been following some of the drama because one of the front runners, and had you kind of been following the drama too this season, even though you oh, weren't uh, watching it? A little bit, yeah. Because some things are just like, and this is what I used to say about American Idol during its initial run, like 15 years ago when people still like watched it. Like basically when we were in high school, I didn't watch American Idol, but it was talked about everywhere and it was on the news everywhere and you couldn't escape certain characters. And that's mm-hmm. how I feel about this season of The Bachelor. Because they made history and they had finally the first um, Black Bachelor, which I, in 2021, I think that's embarrassing that it took this long. Agreed. Um, I wonder if they'll ever have any LGBT representation. I know that'll never happen. Um, but, you know, to have a Black Bachelor was quite, I mean, a good thing. But I also was kind of rolling my eyes like, really, it's 2021 and this is groundbreaking? Okay, sure, Jan. Uh, but of course, it wouldn't be complete. It wouldn't be really 2021 if someone who was the front runner was not sharing racist images, liking alleged. Well, I think she admitted to it, so I don't think this is alleged. Mm-hmm. She like posted pictures of her at an antebellum party, had liked a bunch of Trump crap, and then was also liking QAnon crap online. And I watched the After the Rose where I guess they didn't get engaged, but they decided to continue their journey together, which means continue our opportunity to sell our story to tabloids for the (laughs) indefinite future. That's the journey. And then break up in a few months, right? Um, But anyway, so I watched it because I heard it had some awkward moments. It was awkward. It was uncomfortable. The host, I think, is fired from the show or on hiatus because he tried to defend the crazy QAnon lady. Yes, yes. Who he ended up picking and then he dumped because of it. Anyways, did you have any thoughts on this, Melissa? I'm sorry. Yeah, can we please just burn <laughs> this franchise down? Like, uh, it's it's the same trash people season over season. They're all connected. Mm. We keep bringing, bringing back people that were on the previous season. Like, we just need fresh blood. Like, we just need a new format fresh blood like just let's start anew start fresh i'm gonna make better i agree build back better i I agree you know what (laughs) hashtag build back better thank you joe biden's america and i'm i'm gonna go on a limb here and say this i think there should be a gay bachelor and a lesbian bachelor but it should be i really want to see the lesbian one because i will tell you Nobody does drama like the lesbians okay nobody does drama Mm. like the lesbians nobody and i say that with respect I do not say that with an ounce of disrespect, okay? I respect lesbians. I live for their drama. I watched two episodes of The L Word, and I nearly had a panic attack. (laughs) That's how much drama there was. And gay men, need I say more? Because, you know, what would make an LGBT bachelor is that the contestants are probably going to be doing things with each other and having crushes on each other. And you can have a different format rather than just having one person, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, Like, I don't know. I just think, like, it's 2021, like, Gay people, hello, we're an untapped natural resource, okay? We're <laughs> screw the Keystone pipeline, okay? Let's do <laughs> the gay the LGBT pipeline. <laughs> uh that that could be the name of the show, the LGBT pipeline. <laughs> 
I mean, the lesbian drama alone, because you know the the you know the joke. What does a lesbian bring on a second date? Do you know this joke? I don't know this joke. No. A U-Haul is- because they move in right away. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's that's like that's like the t- you know what does a lesbian bring on a second date? A U-Haul. So I'm telling you, the drama would be so good. And I'm Hell here ha- for yeah. it. I'm yeah. here for. I would love to see that. Yeah, I'm surprised they've tried. They tried to do a gay bachelor type show like on logo back in the day and it was not they did not get renewed it was okay it didn't get renewed though but they didn't do the format where it should have been like we have 10 singles let's see if any of them shack up you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we don't so have if, high standards if it was all lesbians mm-hmm. would there still be a rose ceremony do you think the rose would be the most <laughs> applicable thing to give out or do you think it should be a different object um, or... instead of a rose, it should be softball cleats. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm terrible. I'm terrible. Our, we are not getting a GLAAD award this year, even though we have a gay host. We are not getting a GLAAD award for that comment alone. <laughs> and I would imagine what would, what would the, gay, the, gay, the gay one would be a bottle of vodka because everyone is so messy in the gay community. It would be a bottle of vodka or, a, or like a broken stiletto. You know what I mean? Because the broken stiletto would represent that all gay men are wounded and they want, they want to rock a heel, but they can't. So it would, be, it would be a broken stiletto and a softball cleat. I love that. That that's that would be amazing. <laughs> oh gosh. All right. So um moving on, I'm just gonna briefly touch on this because we've talked about this this YouTube train wreck before. <laughs> Melissa, I totally respect you rolling your eyes. I'm rolling my eyes. Our audience is about to roll their eyes. We have talked about YouTube star Amberlyn Reed before. <laughs> and I Melissa asks me every week, what do you watch, James? And I, I always say, you know, I I don't watch a lot of conventional stuff, you know. Um, and I have been following her. She, I just want to give you guys an update. She went back on Jenny Craig this week, but she quit Jenny Craig after two and a half days. And why did she quit? Well, she does this a lot where she'll say, like, I got some news, but I can't talk about it. You know, YouTubers will sometimes do that to try to build up their views or whatever. So she said, I got some of the best news ever in my whole life. And at the end of the day, I didn't even know Jenny anymore. Bye-bye, Jenny. Or she goes, it wasn't Jenny Craig. It was Jenny Bye-Bye. So she said bye to Jenny Craig after. Now, keep in mind, this is the second time this year she's done Jenny Craig. Does she do cameos or do you think that she would be willing to just like um, give us some insider information and a little recorded video? I will reach out. I think she has like, I don't know if she has like a, for media, you know, contacts. We are the media. We um, are. <laughs> we are the media and more media. Thank you. Um, but I don't know. I'll try. Um, she did have an OnlyFans like a month ago and then she deleted it. Oh. But I don't know what kind of post the way what kind of content she was posting. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> oh, good for her. Whatever. Yeah, I whatever. mean Yeah. Okay. So moving on, you wanted to ask me some questions and discuss the Oscars this year because they just released nominations. Um mm-hmm. and I wanted to know, I heard that there are some new rules for attending this year, correct? Yes. So I want to walk through the rules of the Oscars for this year and then get your thoughts on if you would attend, if you were invited. Okay. And maybe you were invited. I don't know. I, <laughs> That's not I don't know your things. life. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So this year's rules are 
No Zoom appearances. Everyone who's going to be part of the show must be there in person. Oh, okay. Num- number two. Um, all of the nominees will be uh, pre-recording short videos about what the nominations mean to them. Which, like, it, that's okay. We're just like high fiving ourselves a little too much <clears throat> with that. Like, unnecessary. Three. Uh, they're treating the Oscars like an active movie set, COVID testing on site, quarantine plans for those who are traveling in advance, et cetera. That is reasonable. That is a good idea to me. Do you think any of these people will follow them? Oh, no, but that's why they have. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, then they have, uh, they provided a bunch of rules on how winners should say their acceptance speeches. In quotes, make it personal. Which, like, okay, if you win an Oscar, you get to do whatever you want with that speech, right? Like, you you don't have to make it personal. You could pull a um, – gosh, who did I see? Some actress was like, um, thanks for this, but mostly thanks to me for all the hard work I put into this. Peace out. And I'm like, that's an amazing acceptance speech. So I don't agree with that one. But this last one is fascinating. Dress code. Casual is not accepted. No sweats or jeans. <laughs> Who's have people shown up to the Oscars like that? Well, this year's award shows, like Jason Sudeikis was on oh, Zoom and was like in his pajamas, yeah. mourning the end of his relationship with Olivia Wilde, who is now with Harry Styles. Who, okay, I take back everything I've said about Harry Styles before. He's immensely hot. His performance at the Grammys has like completely changed my life. But anyway. Like, it's 2021. There's still a pandemic going on. Like, why do they need a dress code? Like, why do they need a dress code? Why can't they do Zoom appearances? It's all a little much. What do yeah, you think? Yeah, it seems um, – well, it seems like – it seems a little bit like treating the stars like uh, middle schoolers. Yeah. It seems a little like – you know, and it's like it's like these are grown-ass adults. And if you mm-hmm. want them to show up, like – I. I don't know. I, I go, I mean, look, I get it. It's their event. They can run it however they want, but they have a dance. You know what I mean? Between the talent and the award show. And you don't want to piss off the talent, but at the same time you want to keep, you know, it's a dance. And so this is probably an overreach. And so next year I'm sure somebody will show up and like, remember that dress that Rose McGowan wore with like Marilyn Manson to the VMAs? Yes. Where it'll be something like that. You know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. I think the Academy thinks that they are a lot more important than they really are. Yeah. I think in the last couple of years, right, they've come under a lot of scrutiny for snubs and just the lack of acknowledging diverse talent. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's just like you're like, it's not that important to people anymore. So why why uh, why do you feel like you have to put in a dress code and all of these other rules for this event? I don't know. Yeah, and, and I'll, let me give you my honest thoughts on the Oscars really quick. I you know here's the thing. I used to religiously love the Oscars. I used to think like, oh, if that's the best movie of the year, that must be the best movie of the year. But like, as I've become an adult, I'm like, it's mm-hmm. all fucking subjective. Yeah, and like, yeah, it's it's you know, it's like, what's to say that this is better than this or that is better than this? It's like it's all subjective. Knowing now the amount of, as a kid, you don't know this, but as an adult, knowing the amount of money that these movie studios and these actors and this that they do a full court press and and try to persuade voters, it really is a campaign. Yeah, um, it's not really. 
it's not what I thought it was. And so I just mm-hmm. kind of go like, yeah, it's fun to watch. But at the end of the day, like, I think like if a movie's nominated, that's, that's like a mark. That's like the good housekeeping seal of approval. And if they win, yeah. great. But to me, if they're nominated, they're worth seeing. Like I'm going to see, I'm going to see Minari this weekend. Um, and I'm only seeing it because I did, I would have known about it otherwise is because it was nominated. Mm-hmm. Are you going to watch the Oscars this year? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I would need to figure out how to watch it because I don't, oh. you know, I'm a cord cutter. So, um, usually what I do though, is usually I just watch like a highlight reel when I wake up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think there's going to be a Cardi B making the styling performance of WAP at the Oscars like there were at the Grammys. So I can't guarantee I'm going to watch it, but maybe I will. Maybe. And, you know, speaking of Cardi B, um, there is quite the Twitter feud, possibly soon soon to be coming to a courthouse near you, feud going on between Cardi B and our, I would say, semi-regular loser of the week, Candace Owens. Conservative. She's like a conservative media commentator, right? A grifter. A, gr- a grifter. <laughs> <laughs> a grifter, Yeah. So I know you've been following this really closely. I know a little bit about it, but why don't you share what's going on between um, entertainer Cardi B and grifter Candy Owens? (laughs) Well, first of all, the most hysterical part of this Twitter feud between the two of them is the fact that Cardi B just started calling Candace Owens candy, (laughs) which just, I don't know why it just cracks me up. Well, it's a diminutive, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, I'm not going to call you by your name. I'm just going to call you whatever I want, you know? And she, I mean, she's clearly not a candy, but it just, I don't know why, it just cracks me up. So uh, Candace Owens, of course, criticized Cardi B, and then Cardi B tweeted this, uh, like, manufactured fake tweet, apparently, that was created by the Harry Styles (laughs) fan. I don't, like, it goes real deep, okay? I, I haven't done that much research into, like, that part of it, but they just went back and forth quite a bit on Twitter. I mean, there's quite a few exchanges. Unfortunately, I, I went to look before we started recording and quite a few of those tweets have been deleted now. So unfortunately <laughs> there isn't a lot of reference material um, to use, but um, yeah, Candace was just candy. Sorry. Candy was just outraged. Um, by the performance at the Grammys with Megan Thee Stallion. Um, And yeah, just completely outraged by it. Okay, can I read the tweet from, this is a fake tweet. I want to be very clear. Mm -hmm. Andy, do not come for us, okay? First of all, I'm judgment proof. I have no money. (laughs) (laughs) And this is through an, you have, this is through Anmer Media. Again, it's a shell company. Good luck. (laughs) And we're saying that this is, this is apparently a fake tweet, so this is not real. Can- Candy did not actually tweet this, but the tweet that was retweeted that Candy said is fake that was apparently created by the Harry Styles. <laughs> I <know. laughs> can I can I read it? Have I done enough caveats that this yes. is this is not real? Apparently, yes. um, it says Candy tweeted. <laughs> Yes, my husband did cheat on me with my brother. Yes, he said no when I asked to join them. And that's what, and that's what Cardi retweeted. She was like, you're disgusting. (laughs) Or something like that, right? Oh my gosh. It was, oh man. I, I would love like a, um, I want all of those tweets and replies printed out and framed 
And I already have my um, Barack Obama, Joe Biden bathroom mm-hmm. in which is photos of Barack Obama and Joe Biden. But I have another bathroom in my house and I want that to be dedicated to Cardi B tweets. And this will take <laughs> up an entire portion of that wall because it was just amazing. Um, the, if, if Cardi B were to print that off and auction, sign it, the tweet, and auction it framed on eBay. I think it could go more than, what was it, Jack Dorsey, like the first tweet ever or whatever that went for like $2 million or something. Did you hear about that? Uh, no, I didn't he, hear like, about that. The, Jack Dorsey, he's the founder of Twitter, right? Y- yeah. I think. No. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or is he Alibaba? So. I always forget. No, I he is Twitter, confused. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I always forget, like, what is Alibaba? Anyway, sorry, I didn't say Alibaba. So... Um, he tweeted and like, he like auctioned it and made a bunch of money. But I think that this Cardi B tweet could go for more. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, we're going to find out soon. Cause there's going to be a court case apparently. So we'll find out what the settlement is. <laughs> oh my gosh. Candy Owens is not going to successfully sue Cardi B over this. Please, please. <laughs> Can- <laughs> like Candy Owens has enough money to sue Cardi B. <laughs> I don't know those Q. She's got that QAnon coin. I bet. That's um, an allegation. I, I don't know if it's true or not. <laughs> I I also watched some um, Candy interviews. Oh, um, so I, I watched her interview with Tucker Carlson, which speaking of, if you haven't watched uh, John Oliver's segment from this past week, it is good. It is all about how awful Tucker Carlson is, A+. Mm. Um, and on it, Candy... <laughs> I was just laughing out loud watching this. Um, the the headline on the screen said, Left Can't Get Enough of Gross Wet Ass Pussy Song was the headline <laughs> that was on the screen. <laughs> and then uh, Candy was like, virtually what we were looking at last night was a lesbian sex scene being simulated on television. And this is considered feminist. And all the while, right, her and Tucker are just talking about how disgusting this is and how it set women back hundreds of years and how it's vile and has anyone thought of the children. (laughs) Meanwhile, it's a split screen and they just keep playing clips of their performance. And it's like, if it's so awful and vile, why do you, why is this on loop? Why is why are why is Cardi and Megan in bed together on loop as you're talking about how disgusting this is? It's to me, I just roll my eyes because it's like we're literally they're just literally having the exact same conversation we've been having for years. Think about every single um, you know, go, the, I'm sure there's stuff before this, but I think of, you know, Madonna at the VMA is like a virgin. Then I think of every Britney Spears performance, the Madonna, Britney yeah. Spears kiss. And then I think about just a few years ago, the Miley Cyrus, Robin Thicke thing. And it's, oh, women are set back. And it's like, well, we have a female vice president now. We have more female members of Congress than we've ever had before. I'm not saying women are like have full equality, but we're moving in the right direction. I don't think yes. that Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion set them that far back. <laughs> Agreed. I also watched uh, Ben Shapiro, his oh, little segment about this. And we've talked about Ben Shapiro and his mm-hmm. relationship with WAP uh, before. <laughs> um, but one thing he said was that this is stripper behavior. This is stripper behavior on stage. And I thought great that that is how I want to categorize summer 2021 for myself is just nonstop <laughs> stripper behavior. 
<laughs> so thank you, Ben Shapiro, for that inspiration. Um, but one other thing he said was, he goes, did you did you know that there are people? Like I saw a comment comparing this performance to Shakespeare. Someone compared it to King Lear. Can you believe that? And I thought, where is this comment? Because I want to read the rationale for this because I'm intrigued. So if mm-hmm. anyone, if anyone has seen um a write-up comparing WAP to King Lear, can you please send it to us? Because I want to read it. Sounds fascinating. Great. Anytime you can tie classic, you know, classic world literature to contemporary events, we're here for it. Okay. We're yeah. learned people. Okay. We're open-minded. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes absolutely. Um, reminds me of the time that in my senior year of high school English, I compared the movie Showgirls to Siddhartha, the book. <laughs> um, you know, some would say I was a paramour. I I did that. I did that project so that this WAP King Lear um, piece could run. You know, I walked, they ran. So I'm just saying I, I was a little ahead of my time. I didn't know that your obsession with showgirls went that far back, James. Oh, I almost peed my pants in class laughing so hard because the project was so ridiculous. And I had to edit so many. The best part about it was I had to edit so much shit out that at one point, because she's like swearing and acting a fool the whole movie, the main character, Elizabeth Berkeley, Nomi Malone, that at one point, like she slams a glass ketchup bottle down and ketchup goes flying out. But she says, fuck, as she's, she says some bad word as she's like slamming it down. And so literally it was edited. <laughs> you see ketchup going flying out of the bottle in the video that I showed in class. It like made no sense. <laughs> but I literally almost wet my pants. I didn't, but it was a close call. <clears throat> uh, that's too funny. Oh gosh. So moving on, I know last week we did the deep dive into the Megan and Harry Oprah Winfrey interview. And apparently someone else wants to sit down with Oprah. And that person is our girl who has almost burned her house down multiple times (laughs) by leaving a candle lit in her home gym. (laughs) Britney Spears. So James, my question for you is, what questions do you hope Oprah asks asks in this tell-all interview that's allegedly happening? Oh, well, I – so so the first question that I really want to know, and I don't know how far back she's going to go. You know, I know that Megan was asked some questions or at least alluded to some of her upbringing in the interview, like mm-hmm. when she worked at um, Humphrey Yogurt's um, yep. Frozen Yogurt Cafe. Yep. And so I hope that Oprah is able to do a little bit of time traveling because I want to know more about that like 72 hour marriage to Jason Alexander. Mm, mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about the Seinfeld actor. I'm talking about her high school sweetheart in Vegas. So I want to know more about that. Like that, that, that wedding is what I want to know more. I want to know more about what was going on that night. Give me more, <laughs> give me more of that. <laughs> I want her to ask about that interview. Uh that Tucker Carlson did with Brittany where (laughs) he asked her her favorite flavor of Pepsi. And she was like, Pepsi, it's just Pepsi. And he goes, well, is it diet? Is it what? It's just, it's just Pepsi. I just want to know. Pepsi's Pepsi. (laughs) I just want to know more about that moment and what, and why that question just seemed to really trigger her in some way. (laughs) I, you know, I also want to know more about, um, 
I don't know. I think I want to know more about like her music videos from her first album. Mm. Like I mm-hmm. am, you know, like crazy. And sometimes, you know, the white tube top, like I want to know, does she still have that white tube top? Does she oh, ever like wear it around the house? Do you yeah. think? Yeah. I, well, probably not. I mean, her wardrobe hasn't really evolved very much, <laughs> but I don't know. If she still has that particular white tube top, but you know, maybe maybe it's in the same goodwill as some other tube tops that um, <laughs> that were gifted to people. <laughs> Sorry, inside joke, inside joke, <laughs> inside joke. Um, so, any other? I know any other. Are there any questions that you think that she could that Oprah could just copy and paste from the Meghan Markle Harry um, Prince Harry interview? Obviously, were you silent? Or were you silenced is the question that needs to be asked. Undoubtedly. Yes. Yes. I I hope this interview happens. I think of all people to interview Brittany, I think Oprah is a good person to do it. She does an excellent job of building a, a rapport with someone, a relationship with someone, right? Really kind of encouraging them to speak their truth, even if their truth is full of shit. So mm-hmm. I I am in full support of this interview. But what do you think about it? I'm in full support so long as so long as one one question is asked. And I've thought about this. I want to know, I want to know if um she still keeps in contact with Kevin Federline's iconic ex-wife, <laughs> girlfriend, lover, Shar Jackson. I want to know. I want to <laughs> oh know. Oh <laughs> my gosh. I forgot. I th- wow. Wow. It's a deep cut. Wow. <laughs> Huh. Yeah. Do you think that like that maybe like Shar Jackson will like make a cameo somehow, like in a picture or something? Like I would just like to see like her 15 minutes of fame like resuscitated. That's all. I agree. <laughs> oh my gosh, Shar Jackson. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So moving on. Um, you know, one of my favorite things that inter- Brittany in an interview ever said is she was describing how at one point she wasn't poor, but she was so poor that she was poor. And she says it with that Southern accent. She like, she goes, we were poor, poor. Like that's how she (laughs) says it. It's really funny. And in the great tradition of maybe not being poor, but poor, I did get my stimulus check this week. So I'm no longer poor. Um, And Melissa, I have kind of a game for you. It's in the spirit of like two truths and a lie. I'm going to give you a category and then I'm going to give you three items. Two of them I did purchase with my stimulus check this week already. Okay. One of them I did not. So okay. it's your, your, you need to figure out which one I did not. So okay. it's um, two stim, two stimmies and a lie. That's what this game is called. <laughs> so the first category are items from Bath and Body Works. Okay. The first um, guess is, a country apple scented candle, mm-hmm. cucumber melon shower gel, mm-hmm. and kitchen lemon hand soap. All iconic fragrances on their own. <laughs> Very iconic. I think that it's it's entirely plausible that you bought all of these. However, <laughs> I think you bought cucumber melon because that is a blast from the past, right? Mm-hmm. Like 1998 vibes. Like I think you bought that one. The kitchen soap. The um. The what? What was the scent it was of like that a, one? The, the foaming hand soap. 
I think you love I you appreciate a good hand soap. So I think you bought that one. The first one, the country orchard. Country apple candle. Country three, apple. Three wick. I know you love candles as well, but I feel like this one is just a little too a little too country for you. So okay. I don't think you bought that candle. Well, congratulations, Shantae. <gasps> you stay. You Woo! have you have passed this round. That's yes, I did get cucumber melon shower gel <laughs> and kitchen <laughs> lemon hand soap. It was all on sale. Of course. Um, With a coupon? No, I don't have I'm like off their coupon list right now. I don't know what's oh, going no. on. Okay. I need to call corporate. <laughs> 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 or Jen at uh, the Appleton <laughs> store. One of the two. <laughs> so I did, I try not to spend my stimulus dollars on Amazon. But sometimes you just can't help it. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. you're just like, eh, what's available? So here are three items. Um, the first item is a Ouija board. <laughs> the, next uh -huh. item, the next item is... <laughs> One of those like cat scratch toys that's like a cardboard box, but has like a cat scratch thing in it. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is um, a face mask with the picture of Michael Jackson on it. <laughs> one, one of those three things I did not purchase. And almost like the inverse of the last one. You could see me buying none of these. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's likely you bought the cat toy because we know Covey mm -hmm. needs an outlet. For his attitude. Mm -hmm. The Ouija board I'm on the fence about because we already know you like to put on your Miss Cleo hat, but is the next step in that evolution <laughs> to start using a Ouija board? I don't know. Um, so actually, I'm going to go with A again. I don't think you bought a Ouija board. Um. I did not buy a Michael Jackson face mask, but it was oh. in my cart <laughs> and it had like him like dancing on it. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like that's obnoxious enough that you would, you would wear it around town for sure. In, in fact, um, hold on one second, Melissa. And I know our viewers can't, our listeners can't see, but here it is. It's arrived. It is a Ouija board. I did buy it. <laughs> Are you going to use it in your house? Are you going to have a little seance? Oh, I'm moving in a few months. So absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's not my problem. Okay. 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 So, and the last section is, you know, I've been pretty active on Robin Hood. I don't know if you know this. I'm a day trader now. Um, so there are three stocks that I may or may not have bought. Well, actually, no, two of them I did buy. One of them I did not buy. And those three stocks are GameStop stock, Disney stock, or a Saudi Arabia regional ETF. <laughs> okay. I am going to go with B. The Disney stock? Yeah. I Okay, unfortunately, I did buy Disney stock only because the app told me I should buy it. But um, I've lost money already on it. So that was stupid. Um, um, I did not buy GameStop stock. And yes, I did buy a Saudi Arabia regional ETF. <laughs> because when I looked at like the one year chart, it just kept going up. So I was like, well, it keeps going up. Like, why would I not buy yeah. it? You know? And it's like, you know, like that kingdom is crazy. Like they're going to cook their books. They're going to make it look good. It's going to be a great return. So <clears throat> can we get an update on your Robin Hood account? Are you up or down? So today was a bad day, but overall, 
So I have invested a variety of stocks. Most of my stocks are in cruise lines and airlines, as we talked about, even though even though I know Darren did not make any recommendations to me because nothing he told me was advice. It was all pure, <laughs> it was all pure infotainment. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I am overall up right now, all time. I am up, I'm up 10%. Okay. Which I think okay. is a pretty good return over like basically like six weeks. So I am up 10% right now. Um, but I've diversified quite a bit. I've invested some money in like an airline ETF. I've invested some money in the Saudi Arabian ETF. <laughs> so, well, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't use Robinhood. I don't use any of those apps, mm-hmm. but if I did, I would probably look at it like a craps table, right? Yeah. Where it's like, it's fun. It's entertainment. You might win money. You might lose money. Right. But yeah. it's, it's the fun of doing it is, is really what you get out of it. Yeah. It's been fun to kind of watch. There was one day where like I ended up losing money. Like I had a negative return, but then the next day it rebounded right back up. So that's the thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, you can't like, yeah. So I, I hope you enjoyed that game, Melissa. I wasn't very good at it. I started strong and it went downhill quick. Well, I mean the Michael Jackson face mask, I was this close to buying and you could see me like wearing that out and about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't even provide commentary because it was a given that you would wear something like that. The only thing is if I was if I had given you a choice between a Latoya Jackson face mask and a Michael Jackson face mask, obviously I would have chosen the most talented Latoya. <laughs> yeah. Or a Char Jackson face yeah, mask. Or Char- yeah, yeah. Or, or the, the forgotten Jackson, Char Jackson. <laughs> oh, that was a fun game. That Good. was a fun game. Good. So speaking of games, we will move on to losers and legends for the week. And Melissa, I want you to go first, if that's okay. And I want you to give me your loser of the week. Okay. My loser this week is Senator Rand Paul. I think I know where you're going. He's always a loser. He's one of those people. He's a loser every week, but every once in a while, we just have to call it out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this isn't my legend of the week, but he got into it with Dr. Fauci again, mm-hmm. um, and they've gotten into it before, and Dr. Fauci just does not have the patience for Rand Paul's bullshit, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, Rand Paul started questioning Dr. Fauci about whether people really needed to wear masks after they got vaccinated or after they have been sick with COVID. Mm. And Rand Paul categorized this recommendation to continue to wear masks as theater. And Dr. Fauci snapped back and he said, here we go again, right? Let's get down to the facts. And then he goes, let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Masks are protective and really put Rand Paul in his place once again. And for that reason, Rand Paul is my loser of the week. But I was also reminded in a uh, Twitter thread that um, Rand Paul was beat up by his next door neighbor a couple years ago. Do you remember this? I do. And I'm not endorsing assault. We're not endorsing assault. But he was beat up by his neighbor. That is correct. (laughs) And I read the article from when he was beat up by his neighbor, and it was federal prosecutors um, said the neighbor, quote, had enough after he witnessed Paul stack brush into a pile on his own law lawn, 
Um, and then the neighbor ran onto Paul's property and tackled him and then broke like five of his ribs. And it just reminded me of this feud that he has with Dr. Fauci, where he like keeps giving Fauci a hard time. Like he keeps pressing Fauci with just like stupid questions. Mm-hmm. And Fauci just keeps snapping back. And I hope eventually we will see Dr. Fauci get out of his seat, run across the Senate floor, tackle Rand Paul, and also break five of his ribs again. That is what I would like to see. No, that's that's an excellent that is an excellent uh, an excellent choice for loser of the week. Who's your loser of the week? So my loser of the week is um, His Majesty the Pope. And he has not, at least in certain corners of the U.S., has not had a good week because he decided to come out and say that, like, the Catholic Church stands against sin and that gay people are sinful and that you can't bless a gay marriage. Gay marriage is not legal. We're not condoning gay marriage. Like, basically said, like, it's sin, blah, 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 blah. And then all of these tweets were coming up that were like, yeah, but you spent three, like your church spent like $3.2 billion settling like child molestation claims. So like maybe you should check your own house before you start coming for the gays. So admittedly, I'm a lapsed Catholic, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but didn't the Pope recently say that like he was cool with gay people well he said things like who am i to judge and he said things but he laid the hammer this week he laid the Mm. velvet hammer and said that the really they're not you know so um yeah so i just to me he's my loser week and also like here's the thing like most catholics that i know in the u.s are pretty liberal yeah or they're lapsed (laughs) yeah if you went to a catholic school you're absolutely agnostic, atheist, and very liberal. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Like all of my Catholic friends, like none of them, you know, like they've always been, been cool. So yeah, I, I think that, that it's more of a way for them to continue connecting with developing nations by preying on homophobia, which is really unfortunate. And, you know, maybe the Pope will come around and maybe he'll host the first gay bachelor. Maybe. <laughs> that would be a wild show. The Pope hosting... <laughs> LGBTQ pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> and presented by Anmar Media. <laughs> uh, well, you know, that's a bummer to hear. I, I, like I said, I'm a lapsed Catholic, but I liked where the church was headed under right. this Pope. And I, you know, the pulse of the nation, the Northwest Indiana Times Facebook page, I remember they shared some articles about the Pope I can't remember the details, but, like, he was, like, cool with the gays, right? Right. And a lot of people left comments really questioning whether or not he was the, like, the real pope. And I thought that that was very interesting because a core tenet of the Catholic faith is, like, the pope is the pope, right? You Mm -hmm. don't question the pope. What the pope says is, yeah, the direction Catholicism is headed. So I wonder if that is weighing into this decision at all as well and that a lot of people were beginning to just – Dismiss him and and not really see him as the leader of the church because he wasn't, you know, uh, building on their hate for or traditional, and, I guess, enough. In yeah. Maybe. Um, yeah. Yeah. And look, and he's entitled to have his opinion, but I just I think it was like it's like I feel like he's made like two steps forward and this is just like one step back, you know, so. And we know what direction this is headed, you know? And so it's like, do you want to be in vogue or not? Do you want to be relevant or not? And this was a step towards irrelevancy, I think. 
So yeah, I agree. So on that note, we'll go ahead and pivot. Who is your legend of the week? My legend of the week is NYU professor, author, podcast host, Scott Galloway. I think I've talked about Scott Galloway on this pod before, but he is uh, one of my favorite people in the world. He was on Bill Maher this past week, and I'm not a huge fan of Bill Maher. I watch Mm. every now and then. Sometimes he has really good guests, and Scott Galloway was um, his guest this past week. And I highly recommend that everyone goes and watches that episode. Um, Scott was impassioned. Um, about capitalism and a variety of other topics. Um, as always, he was incredibly insightful. And I I wrote down this quote. I want to read it aloud. as a little, little snippet of that interview. Capitalism is full body contact violence at a corporate level so that we can create prosperity and progress that rests on a bed of empathy. But we have flipped the script here. We need to be more loving and empathetic with people and more harsh on companies. We have capitalism on the way up and socialism on the way down. We should be protecting people, not companies. And then he also was like, he went after a few specific companies and CEOs. Um, But highly recommend that interview. 10 out of 10. Scott had some amazing viewpoints. Everyone should go watch it. Oh, I will check it out. I love, uh, I actually, I do like, Bill Maher, generally speaking, I think sometimes he's a little out there, but I love, I like watching, well, you know me, I like watching old 90s anything, but I like (laughs) his old 90s politically incorrect uh, episodes where they're talking about the Clinton impeachment drama because it seems so ridiculous, but no, that's, uh, I'll have to check it out. Who is your legend of the week? So my legend of the week, I have never met, but I have encountered several times. Um, Melissa, you know this legend intimately. Oh. Don't be concerned. My legend of the week is Clementine, your cat, because Clementine has been going through it. She has had, she's had some, some uh, recent medical issues. She's had some surgical issues. She's been going through it and she has some good drugs right now. She's got a cone and usually Usually, like, if you hear rustling in the background, it's either me coughing or it's Clementine. It's one of the two. Um, And usually, Melissa, like, before the the show, Melissa will be like, excuse me, excuse me, please, please. Like, because Clementine will, like, walk in front of the mic and kind of act a fool. But she just sounds like she's really going through it. She's a sweetie. She's missing half her jaw right now, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, James, that's so sweet of you to name Clementine Legend of the week. Yes. She is a true legend, uh-huh. tr- really and truly. Um, she was diagnosed with cancer. She had a, a mass on her jaw. They removed the cancer in order to do that. They had to remove part of her jaw. And so I highly recommend Purdue University's teaching animal hospital. Um, anyone in Indiana or nearby, I cannot recommend that place enough. But Clementine's doing really well. Um, the first time they attempted the surgery, she pretty much died on the operating table. Um, they didn't even start like any incisions. They just gave her anesthesia and her all of her vitals dropped, her heart rate dropped, her blood pressure dropped. They were able to intervene quickly, gave her a shot of epinephrine. Like, it is truly a miracle that she survived. And then they attempted this surgery again, and now we're a week out, and she's, like, back to normal. So she is a true legend. Right. She is she's a true legendary at this point. Legend. Yes. Yes. 
<laughs> well, I'm so glad that she is still, um, hopefully she's still walking around, knocking things over, um, getting into mischief, right? <laughs> she absolutely is. And it's even worse because she's high on drugs. She has a gigantic <laughs> cone on her head and she just keeps getting stuck in the weirdest places. So, Aww. yeah. Well, on that note, it has been a wonderful episode, and I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of your week. TGIF tomorrow's Friday, so mm-hmm. um, hopefully we can we can be the kickoff to your weekend. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Bye. All right, bye.